And today we're going to hear about a young, rich man. And if you look to Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 22, we're going to hear about his story. He, he's known as the rich, young ruler. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honour your father and mother, and love your neighbour as yourself. Well, all these I have kept. The young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. When we have any encounter with Jesus, there's a, there's a, there's a, a moment of confrontation and uh, in this moment with this young man, Jesus is really asking him, are you all in with me? And uh, he was sort of putting before Jesus all the things that, that made it seem like he was. And yet at the very end, he actually went away sad because he couldn't be all in with Jesus. We've heard over the last few weeks when, with Zacchaeus, he had an encounter with Jesus. Graham talked to us about him. What was his response? He came straight down out of that tree and went home. He was all in because of what Jesus, his encounter with Jesus meant. Then last week, Samuel talked to us about the people who had the wedding invitation. And that was a parable, but it was about the invitation that's been given out. And you know with an invitation, there's only one, there's only two answers, isn't there? It's either yes, or no. You can't say maybe because you'll either turn up or you won't. So there's only possibly two answers. And so we heard about what people, how people responded to that and the impact of their decisions. And today we have this young man and he has this encounter with Jesus. He's a rich young ruler and he was rich in two ways. He had moral wealth. He'd kept all the commandments he thought. And uh, he also had financial wealth. In verse 22, we see that he was rich. He had many, great wealth. And so back then, as well as now, there was this mindset that if you do good, then you will do well. If you're good, if you do good, then you're going to do well. I, I don't know if you've ever heard the musical Sound of Music and Maria sings. She's just... Um, (laughs) Well, she's just fallen in love with this wealthy man who is the man of her dreams and this is what she sings. That's what I sang when I met Ian. I must have done something good. But that's a bit of a mindset, isn't it? That if we go well, we must have done something good. Think about Job's friends in the Old Testament. He was a man who everything was taken away from him. And they said, gee, you must have done something bad for to be punished like this. And we have this sort of mindset in life that if you are good or do good, things will go well. And if you are bad, then things won't go well for you. 
It's like if you live a good life, God will reward you. And so as this young man approaches Jesus, you would imagine any religious leader would welcome someone of his calibre and attitude. I mean, he was morally excellent, he was prosperous, and he was even self-effacing because he realised he did lack something. But Jesus' response to him totally shocks the disciples. Because they would see this young man as someone who would, you know, we would espouse to be like. And yet Jesus' challenge to him causes this young man to go away. And the disciples are left wondering, well, if he can't make it, if he's out, then who is in? You see, Christianity is totally different to these mindsets that so many people have. It turns everything upside down. It's different. Our mind finds it difficult to conceive because Jesus actually is not impressed by his moral excellence or his wealth or even his question. This man had set on the course of his life. He looked like he'd made it. From the outward appearance, he looked like he had it together. And he's, he's sort of climbing the mountain of success and he's almost there. And so he just knows there's just one more step to take. So he sort of thinks, I better ask Jesus what that is so I can take that step. And then Jesus answers him, well, actually, you don't actually have one more step. You're on the, completely on the wrong road. You're far from the kingdom. And when he heard that, he went away sad. Another translation says that he went away grieving. I was reading Tim Keller this week and he suggested four reasons. I want to share these with you this morning. Why did he go away grieving? So the first one is because he talked to the real Jesus. You see, in our society, religion constructs a lot of ideas about Jesus and about God, and about what we have to do and don't have to do. And all these constructs are created. And then people think, you know, they align themselves to that, or they don't align themselves to that. But actually, many of these things put people on the wrong path altogether, just like this uh, rich young ruler. And so he went away grieving because he actually talked to the real Jesus. And when we talk to the real Jesus... And we hear the real message, it will disturb us. It will unsettle us. Why is that? Because Jesus actually demands of us much more than we ever thought. He demands much more than we ever thought. But here is what is transformational about it. Not only does he demand much more than we ever thought, but he also offers much more than you could ever dream. Yes, he does demand of us, but he offers much more than what we could even imagine. And you know, when you meet the real Jesus, there's really only two responses. Either you bow down in wonder of who he is, or you go away offended. There are many people in our society who are offended by the message of Jesus because it challenges us, it disturbs us. And this young, rich young ruler, he was disturbed and he couldn't accept it, so he went away at sad, grieving. But, you know, there's one thing that's impossible to do when you meet the real Jesus, and that is, is impossible to be indifferent. 
You see, when you meet the real Jesus, there's really only two answers. It's like the invitation that was given. It's either yes or no. You might take a time to think about it, but eventually you can't sit on the fence where Jesus is concerned. The same as you can't when you get an invitation. You can't sit in the fence and think maybe yes, maybe no. When the date comes, you're either there or you're not. And it's the same with Jesus. We might through our lives think we're sitting on the fence and we may be trying to make up our mind about it, but one day it'll be yes or no. The second thing why he went away grieving is because Jesus smashed his religious views. Now this young man held the view that many people hold today, that your goodness is what will get you to heaven. He came knowing he lacked something. He needed some sort of spiritual experience at the very least. He wasn't sure about his relationship with God. He'd kept these rules and he thought that was doing the right thing. He wasn't sure what he lacked, but he didn't have complete peace. And so he comes to Jesus really wanting to know what he has to do to just put everything together. But the problem is that his thinking is based on wrong assumptions. And there were two wrong assumptions that was based on. The first one is that Christianity is something you add. And the second wrong assumption is that Christianity is something you do. So let's think about those two things. Christianity is something you add. He says, what still do I lack? What do I need to add to my life to make everything okay so that I feel good about what I'm doing? I feel at peace so that everything's right. What do I need to add? Well, listen to Jesus' response. He said, if you want to give it all you've got, go, sell your possessions, give everything to the poor. All your wealth will then be in heaven. Then come, follow me. That wasn't adding anything, was it, really? In fact, it was sort of taking away. You see, Jesus is saying to him, Christianity isn't something that you add. It's more like an explosion that destroys everything you have to make room for something new. Christianity is not an add-on. I've got my career, I've got my bank account, I've got my family, and I'll add Christ onto that. That's not what it's about. At all. Christianity is starting completely afresh. Uh, There's another story of a rich, not young man, but old man, a rich old ruler who came to Jesus. In John chapter 3, we read about this story, and his name was Nicodemus. And he came to Jesus by night. And he asked him the same question. He said, Like something's missing in my life. What, What is it? And Jesus said to him, You must be born again. In other words, you've got to be completely redone. Everything that you were is smashed and you are recreated into something amazing and new. So Jesus is saying to this young man, you don't need to just add one more rung to your ladder so you can get over the top of your mountain. What I do will smash through your mountain. It's a whole new approach. And so what Jesus is saying here, we can't bring Jesus as an add-on to our life. It's not like adding another book to our bookshelf. It's not like adding another file to our hard drive so that it will have more power. He's that Jesus is a whole new program. 
The other thing that he, this man wrongly assumes is that Christianity is something that you do. He says to, he actually asked that question. He says, what good thing should I do? And again, Jesus is blunt in telling him that getting to God is not about goodness. No one can be good enough and no one can do enough good things to get to God. And this young man actually clearly doesn't understand this because he talks about, he's he's telling Jesus about keeping the commandments since his youth. And he says, "I've, I've kept them all. Well, he must be amazing to be able to do that. But the interesting thing is that um, when Jesus tells him to go and sell his possessions, he, he goes away sad. Well, I think if we think about what the first commandment is, this young man is actually contradicting himself. Because the first commandment is, have no other gods before me. And yet, when he had to go and sell and give up his wealth, he wasn't willing to do that. I th- See, when you put God first in your life, then that means you consider anything and everything else worth nothing compared to him. In other words, giving up our possessions would not be an issue because compared to Jesus, they're nothing. But his money was everything to him and he could not give it up. And that's why he went away grieving. Now, I don't think Jesus is just... While money, I think, can be a real bind in our lives, I don't think this story is just about money. You could replace that with whatever it is in your life that you find difficult to give up. It might be, you know, you know what it is and, and you could fill the blank with what, it is, what is it that, that I might find difficult to give up if Jesus came to me, if I had that encounter with him? What, it is, what is it that he's going to ask me to give up because if I give that up then I can receive everything that he has for me which is going to be beyond what I can ask or imagine and so Christianity is not something you add on it's not like another sort of uh, you know part to your resume you know I'm a Christian so you've added that in with everything else and it's not something you do it's actually something that you receive Jesus said it's not about what you've done but about what I have done for you. Are we willing to receive what he has done for us? And the third reason that the young man went away grieving was because Jesus actually got very personal with him. And so here he is. It's not even the fact that Jesus contradicted his views that he went away grieving. It was because Jesus broke down the walls that hide who he really is. And it's revealed. And Jesus gets very personal with this young man. Now, in Mark's gospel, in the, this story is told in Matthew, Mark and Luke. In Mark's gospel, after he asked the question, what do I lack? It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And then said, sell everything you have. You might think, well, how, that, how can that be love if you really knew that was that meant a lot to him and he loved him and he knew this was going to be difficult for him, why would Jesus ask that of him? But Jesus looks deeply into his soul and he sees that this is something that is actually going to destroy him. This love, this hold that money has on his life, he knows that's the real issue. That's the real thing that is destroying him and that's why 
Not because he just wanted him to have to get rid of money. He knew that this thing had a grip on his life. What is it that has a grip on our lives that we're afraid to let go of? Because that's the thing that Jesus wants to take, not just so that he can say, you know, you have to give that up, but rather because he wants to replace it with himself and all he is. And so are we willing to let go of those things? Now, I don't read, not that I know of, of any other person in the Bible where it says that Jesus actually asked them to give away all their money. Zacchaeus had to give away half. Graham told us about that. And you know, I want you to know there's no rule that to be a Christian, you have to sell everything, give away all your money and live in poverty. There's no, that's not what this is about. So why was this young man asked to do that? Because Jesus was dealing with him in the way that someone would deal with someone with a dependency, and we all have them. What are we dependent on? Because really our dependency should be Jesus, because he gives life in all its fullness. He will provide everything that we need. But if our dependency is something else, then he is not enough. We're saying, actually, this is what's going to give me joy and power in my life, not Jesus. And so when Jesus got very personal with him, that was difficult for the young man. He, and he couldn't, he couldn't let go of the thing that Jesus revealed to him was the hold on his life. And, you know, underneath all of us, I believe, there's a power struggle that we have with God over these things, these things that we're dependent on, these things that we think are really important, over who is in control in our lives. And what Jesus says to us is that we have to surrender. For this young man, he had to surrender his money. But for us, it may not be money. But what is it? What is he asking us to surrender in our lives? It's that thing that we think will give us joy and power without him. And until we've given that to Jesus, not only are we not good, but it actually destroys us. That thing, that dependency, that thing that we hold to rather than Christ is the thing that will bring us down. It will drive you. It will take a hold of you. It will take you out. And I think many of you could testify to that thing that has done that in your life or maybe is doing it right now. And that's why the man went away grieving because he actually didn't want to let go of it. Even although Jesus identified what was deep within him, that was the hold on his life that was gripping him, he thought, sorry, I'm keeping that. I'm not willing to say yes to you. Jesus actually asked us, give this to me. Put me first. Be willing to let me be a part of your life. Change your attitude towards that thing. Be willing to walk away from it. And let me decide how things will be. That's what being all in with Jesus is. And meeting Jesus, we are asked that question. All in? Because we can't meet him and not have to respond to that. And this young man walked away because he couldn't give up what was most precious to him. And trust God with his dreams. And the fourth and final reason that Jesus that this man went away sad, this man went away grieving, is because Jesus said, do that, give all this up, 
and I will give you treasure in heaven. The young man didn't understand what treasure in heaven meant. He didn't understand that what he was lacking was treasure in heaven. And, so, and he wasn't willing to let go and uh, the grip that this, he had on this, and so therefore he couldn't receive the treasure. Well, what is treasure in heaven? It actually starts right now. Jesus Christ is our treasure now and in heaven. And Jesus says to us, I want you to give away everything and see that if you have me and only me, you are rich. And not just rich towards God, but rich towards people. I know you have all this, but it's nothing compared to my forgiveness, to my righteousness, to being adopted into the family of God. It's nothing compared to what I can give you. What I give you is permanent and everlasting. Jesus says, as your saviour, you can rely on me for your standing in God. You become good in me. You don't have to strive for that. You become good through Jesus. I am your treasure. I am your righteousness. And having earthly treasure is nothing compared to treasure in heaven. He is your treasure in heaven. The other thing is that you are his treasure. You are his treasure. God says, if you make my son your treasure, that makes you my treasure. In Christ, God sees you as absolute beauty. He sees you radiant in Christ. He sees you righteous in Christ. So what is your treasure this morning? What are you clinging to? Maybe it's your career and, and where you're going. And I don't want to let go of that because what if God asked me to do something else? We're, we're, you know, that when we sing God is good, we actually mean that we're not scared of what he's going to ask of us because we know that not only does he demand of us, but he's going to give us much more than we ever asked or imagined or dreamed. So we don't have to be frightened to think that if I give this up, what's that going to mean for me? I'm going to miss out. You never miss out. When you surrender to Jesus, he says you will only be free if you see that with me and with me alone, you are rich. You see, when we hold to these other things, we're actually bound because we're so frightened. If we let go of this, if we let go of, the, of whatever it is, this relationship, this, this addiction, this whatever it is in our life, this money, our bank account, our Instagram account, worrying about how many likes we have. We think about all these things are so important to us, but actually they're nothing, nothing compared with knowing Christ. And so this morning, he, we, we are encountering him. We heard Zoe give her testimony that when she encountered Christ, it was a yes, and she went home and introduced her husband to him, to Christ, and it was a yes from Tat. Then it was a yes from her parents. And so, so the encounters with Jesus just went on. You see, is it a yes or is it a no today? To find your true treasure, you need to give him all. Jesus says to the young man, if you want to give it all you've got, go sell your possessions, give everything to the poor. Well, what's Jesus saying to you? Go do what? may not be sell your possessions and give everything to the poor. But if you want to give it all you've got, if you want to be all in and say yes today, what is Jesus saying to you? What does he want you to go and do? When 
this young man heard this, it says, that was the last thing the young man expected to hear. And so crestfallen, he walked away. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and couldn't bear to let go. So he had an encounter with Jesus. Was he all in? Well, not with Jesus he wasn't because he went away grieving. He couldn't bear to let go of the things that had a grip on his life and that's why he went away sorrowful. I believe that each of us have encounters with Jesus and I'm asking you this morning, what is your response to him? Are you all in? Is it a yes or is it a no? So that you go away sorrowful and grieving because you've missed out. Well, praise God, all of us still have time, even if we haven't said yes yet, we still have time to think about it. It doesn't have to be a no today, but we don't know what time we have. And that's the thing that we need to think about. We need to think about what he's offering us. We need to think about who he is, the real Jesus. Not just some social construct of him or some religious idea. We need to think about some of those views that we've held that are based on our society and what it's created, which is actually completely wrong. Christianity is not an add-on to life. It's not just, you know, a ticker box every now and again. Christianity is life with Christ. And Jesus will get up close and personal to us. He knows exactly what you're thinking right now. He knows the state of your heart. And he will try and reach in because he knows what's best for you. And he wants you to take a hold of what he has. That's why he asks something so difficult of us sometimes to surrender. We think it's so hard, but when we do surrender and when we receive what he offers, we think, why was it so hard? Why did we wait so long? He is our treasure. You are his treasure. What's your response to him today? Let's pray. I'll invite the band to come. Dear God, our Father, we thank you for the offer that you have made to us, offer of life in all its fullness. Yes, you do demand something of, of us, but what you're going to give is just beyond what we can imagine or dream. Help us, God, to get your view on things. Help us not be limited by our own view or by the world's view of who they think you are. But rather, God, let us see clearly who you are. And I pray this morning, God, that everybody who is here will think about you and the real you, the you that loves them from the depths of your heart, the you that wants to give them everything in this life and the next, the you that stands on your promises, the you that offers hope, in the darkness. Oh Jesus, may we each look to you and see who you really are. And as we encounter you, may we have the courage to let go of the thing that we're trying to hold on to so desperately. Be set free so we can take a hold of all you have for us.